Hey Tasmania, get crazy because the Rewind 80s Mixtape Tour is coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday, April 6th, Launceston, Theatre North. Sunday, April 7th, Hobart, Theatre Royal. We'll see you there. And Melbourne, you can also get ready to dance because we're at the Hallam Hotel the 2nd of March, 2024. Tickets are all selling fast. Get your tickets on rewind80sband.com. I want a shot of redemption Don't want to end up a cartoon In a cartoon graveyard Bone digger, bone digger Dogs in the moonlight Far away my well-lit door Just a beer belly, beer belly Get these mutts away from me, you know I don't find this stuff amusing anymore If you'll be my bodyguard I can be your long-lost pal I can call you Betty Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, Why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model now that my role model is gone, gone? He duck back down the alley with some roly-poly little bat-faced girl. All along, along, there were incidents and accidents, there were hints and allegations. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long-lost pal. I can call you Betty, and Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. Call me out. Woo! Hey, hey! You can call me anything you like after a few <laughs> drinks. Oh, that's right. You can call me anything. That's right. Hey, you're listening to the 80s Montage. I'm Sammy Hardon. And I'm Jay Jovi. Do, do you enjoy Collective Soul last week, guys? We have had a lot of people write in and say they loved it and they didn't realise their favourite band was such hardcore 80s lovers, you know? Stalwarts. That was what was surprising for us too. Is like they sort of came out with some names like um, Wang Chung, and uh, I was really surprised about Wang Chung. Actually, I, I couldn't sort of. I was thinking about that afterwards, and I love it when like hardcore musos have those guilty pleasures. Like mm. you wouldn't put you wouldn't put sort of Collective Soul together with Wang Chung in any way. But there you go. Oh, you wouldn't. Hundred percent. And the outfield. That was the one he loved as well that he wrote to the fan club or the producer. Oh well, that was the that was the thing is that they were such good storytellers that because they're the same age, they've obviously lived it like we have, you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially exactly. me and a lot of the bands that we watched, you know, they watched. It's what inspired yeah. them to be musicians. So it was good to do that '90s band thing and swing it around to the '80s, and it just worked really well and. Um, 
yeah, the, the, there was a letter from uh, Marie who said, I didn't realise my favourite band loved the 80s so much and Johnny had an 80s band. So that's really good to hear because there was a twist and it twisted. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And we had some new um, new subscribers, didn't we, because we did. of last week's episode? We did. What were their names? Uh, yeah, yeah, that one was Flex, which was on Pod Podomatic. That's right. And so g'day Flex, big shout out to you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, one was Flex and the other one was, um, I was going to get someone to look Sugar it up. tits, I think. Was it sugar tits? No, 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 no. no. Um, Flexy was on Pod. It's hard when we do chats. Oh, here we go. They're right next to each other. Mr. Sheen. Mr. Oh, Sheen. Mr. Sheen. Oh, Mr. Sheen. Don't know so who that thanks is. Thanks for but listening, it's a cool guys. Name. Mm. Thanks for becoming uh, becoming a su- subscriber. It's the smartest thing you can do. If you're just joining us new because of the Collective Soul episode last week. Come on board for the long term. Become a subscriber. Hit the subscribe button. We're on ten diff- over 10 different platforms now and we'll be on your favourite one for sure. So um, just hit subscribe and the new episodes get downloaded automatically every week. It's the best way to go. Absolutely. And happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much. I had to work but it was a lovely birthday. I sort of... Um, yeah, woke up. I, I, I love sort of waking up really early on my birthday and just getting the most out of the day. And it was a beautiful morning. It was sort of warm in the morning. Mm. And I, I felt like I had had a day before I went to work. You know what I mean? Because I was up for a few hours. I sort of got up at like five or something like that because Leo got up quite early and um, he was in really good spirits. So I opened a couple of presents um, and looking forward to... Yeah, just being able to – I'm trying to go through and answer all my birthday messages uh, one by one. I literally got hundreds. I always always like think like, you know, has everyone forgotten about me? And then I get beautiful, beautiful messages on my birthday. So I always get really blown away by that. That was really lovely. So thank you all the guys that um, message me. That's really good of you. Um, also went to the – Panama Dining Room, which is a beautiful venue in Collingwood upstairs. And it's sort of like in my old stomping ground. I used to go there and play pool years ago. And um, then we went to Messina and had the best gelati in Melbourne. Beautiful. And it's my mum's birthday today because she's in the middle of you. Uh, And Dad's – sorry, Mum and Dad, you're in the middle of Mum and Dad. So it's my mum's birthday today. Happy birthday, Mum. She is – Kicking it still, loving it, and uh, I went over there last night to see her because we haven't long back, we haven't gotten back from New Zealand. Like I'm still bloody washing clothes and stuff, and um, so that was really nice. But yeah, Aquarian season, here we go. That's it. What happens in Aquarian season? Ah, uh, just very free spirit thinking, thinkers, and creative, and just do things that people don't think about. You know. Yep. Age of Aquarius, if you think of the movie and hair, it's all about being a, you know, free spirit. Yeah. It's interesting though. Yeah, it's interesting. It depends on um, if my parents are both Aquarians. Yeah. But 
um, sometimes they don't live that part of themselves out. They're quite Virgo where I take on a lot of those Aquarian traits and yeah. that was the one thing I learned at astrology school when I was really young was that sometimes you can take on your parents' stuff if they're not going out and doing all this other stuff. But um, it's interesting, Aquarians are very creative and we did a show on Aquarians actually, your last birthday, We remember? did. That's mm. it, I do. Yeah. yeah, but tonight's brilliant. episode is pretty cool. We're basically looking at Hollywood stars that have appeared in music video clips. In, from the 80s, yeah. From the 80s, of course. Mm. And there's so many. Oh, there's heaps. So heaps. many. It was, um, it, you know, sometimes because sort of music videos were really booming and like the medium was really opening up, it was sort of very enticing for movie stars to come into video clips because it allowed their audience to see them in a different light and um, it brought them to a younger audience as well. So um, it was enticing for the enticing for the movie stars to, to make that move but it was also a really simple way of elevating your uh, video clip, like your music video clip, if you were the musician, by having this sort of like big household name. It was like a talking point, like a marketing point. And you know, um, yeah, that's right. Often, often these people were friends, so they get their sort of friends to come along, and um, yeah, just hang out, be in the film clip, and and sort of help out in that way. The first song we played the show uh, with, you can call me out with Paul Simon. I literally thought Paul Simon was the extra, and I thought Chevy Chase was the actual vocalist. Exactly right. That's that's it's sort of so how they've strong. approached it. Yeah, that's right. And it was amazing because I knew of Chev- Chevy Chase but I didn't really know of Paul Simon. And yeah, I that's was it. confused and I was like, hang on, Paul Simon, which I thought that was Chevy Chase. Like I was so confused that I didn't yeah. know it was happening. It looked much better with Chevy Chase fronting it, you know. And I think the sort of the world was getting used to Paul Simon – uh, getting getting used to the idea of Paul Simon being a soloist as well. Everybody knew him, yeah. of course, from Simon and Garfunkel, but they were a 70s band, you know. And um, it was great sort of seeing the comedy element. It was really beautiful, that film clip, because it's actually not the original. That The, the video clip that we know and love from You Can Call Me Al, that wasn't the original. The original was like a just basically like a live concert recording of when Paul Simon came on Saturday Night Live and it was just really underwhelming. It was just a bit shit, you know. And it was Lorne Michaels who's the creator of uh, Saturday Night Live. It was his suggestion, you know, why don't we reshoot it and we'll get Chevy and Chevy Chase was currently on the show at the time. Um, Lorne thought it would be a great idea to get Chevy come on and mime it and mime playing all the instruments as well. And, um, yeah, here's Paul Simon sort of tottering around. Paul Simon's like like uh, five foot something. I think he's 160 centimetres tall or something tiny like that. And Chevy Chase, I didn't realise, is 6'4". Huge. He's a giant. So it was sort of that like comedic thing, the visual comedic thing of having this really tall animated guy and then you've got this little guy like tottering around around him sort of like setting everything up for him. And as you say, Chevy comes across as the artist. It's like he's the big star. Mm. And I always thought, you know, because Chevy Chase was such a, a big star in the 80s, I always thought that 
he had released the song, that it was Chevy Chase's song. That's right, song. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, they used to hang out. They they became friends. Uh, they knew each other from Saturday Night Live, but they became really close friends and uh, they used to hang out together, um, the three of them, the third one being Carrie Fisher, which at the time was Paul Simon's wife. That's right. They had like a 12-year relationship, those guys, and um, the three of them used to hang out and Carrie's even smaller than Paul. So you would have had wow. like tiny little Carrie and then Paul in the middle and then big tall Chevy all all doing coke together, you know. Speaking of small, congratulations to Kylie on a Grammy. Woohoo! Holy shit, how exciting Do is that? Do you believe mate? it? I was so happy for her. So was I. We love that. Congratulations, Kyle. She yeah, yeah good on you, Kylie. Fucking fantastic. Really, really good. And I'm just glad she's getting the sort of recognition in the US all over again and she's actually going to go on a tour. So after she yeah. does Vegas, she's touring the, touring the US. She has to. That's massive. It's unreal, isn't it? Love it. Um, I did watch it. I didn't watch much of the Grammys but I thought Tracy Tra- Chapman was amazing and I thought yeah, yeah. Miley Cyrus was amazing. And Miley was great. I thought she know, looked great. She looked amazing. The yeah. hair, so much better with her long hair, you know. She copped a lot of flack for her look. She wore about four different dresses during the night and they were all really skimpy. One was the Bob Mackie that she performed the song in. That was like, you know, obviously a Bob Mackie from, um, you know, he used to design for Cher in the 80s and everything, really famous for that. Um, And she looked absolutely gorgeous. People were um, comparing her to Jane Fonda as well. Oh, yeah, I can see that. She did do the, the Tina Turner thing, but I think everyone's sort of doing that at the moment. Yeah. Because yeah. we all miss her, you know, but I thought she was fabulous. And the fact that she talked between the song and, you know, it was great. What did you think of the Tina Turner tribute uh, that Fantasia sang? Wouldn't watch it. I yeah, right. Not interested. I thought um, Fantasia did an amazing job, actually. And I, I sort of. It was weird because in the past they've gotten Beyonce to sort of perform with um, perform with Tina and pay tribute to her. So I thought it was interesting because Beyonce really sort of took a back seat because she wasn't nominated for anything. And, um, yeah, I found it a little bit sulky in the way. But you, you never know what's happening with the Grammys. It's very, very political. Yeah, well, that's right. And the thing is Jay-Z stood up and went, you know, we don't win any awards for an album. What the f- – the music's shit. Like, is he kidding? It's fucking shit. I'm sorry. She's yeah, a great look. performer but it's all bells and whistles. There's nothing there since Crazy in Love that's been any good on her records and I just well, don't get how she even gets Grammys, to be honest with you. I love her but I think she needs a songwriter. Interestingly enough, I respect what she's done because she's sort of she's she's gotten like as big as she can possibly get, you know what I mean? And she's actually uh, at the beginning of her, her career, she was really going for for being like an R and B pop. She was really going for as as popular, getting into the charts as she could. And she's actually now crossed over back into being um, more of an urban roots. Artist, so she's really going for 
like urban sounds and like deep hip hop and all of that, that's not necessarily going to appeal to the wider market. So I know what you're saying. Like there, there hasn't been stuff that's reached right through to, uh, you know, everyone in the world. It's been, it's been sort of for a very particular African American audience and those who like African American styles uh, of music and not so much the mainstream. Yeah, but compare it to Thriller. I mean, the fact is he stood up there and said, how dare you not give my wife an award? I was embarrassed for it because if you're going to make an album like that that goes, you know, like shit like that, you're not going to get anything. It's not fucking yeah. Billie Jean. It's not Thriller. It's yeah. It's fucking shit. And <laughs> and the thing is, I don't care. It's just not phenomenal songwriting. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's easy to say, yeah. It's like everyone's different and stuff. But that's like saying, oh, I'm going to call myself, you know, a different name because I'm a different. Th- person here like it's just a bit boring for me yeah 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 and I love her voice and I think she's an amazing artist but if Prince put out that stuff we'd all be going what the fuck is this shit yeah yeah exactly right well we did for a long time that's right Prince Prince went super super experimental and he sort of he wasn't interested in charting anymore because he, he was like I said he was as big as he could plus possibly go and there was a long period where um, Prince was releasing just stuff that was never going to make it into the charts but we all bore with him and then he had this big renaissance you remember we, he came out and did um, he came out and did that performance with Beyonce and did those like amazing sort of live shows again and and he had like a renaissance in his career that was incredible because he started he started releasing um, stuff that was started to chart again it was quite incredible um, so who knows Beyonce could could be back with some uh, I some, hope so some, yeah I do too I love her. Yeah, so there you go. So that was our first one, Chevy Chase in You Can Call Me Out. Pretty big video for the 80s. I think if you're going to – that would be the first one that would come to anyone's head. There's a few in here that you would uh, definitely go, you know, this could be a two-part special. There's so many videos that you don't even realise. heaps and heaps, Mm. yeah. All right, we'll play Mm -hmm. the next track and here it is now.
love it. Home Sweet Home by The Crew. Yeah, now this guy was in a couple of their videos. Michael Berryman was in Michael Home Michael Berryman Sweet you Home. would know. I reckon people would know Michael, Michael Berryman most of all from the poster of um, The Hills Have Eyes. Oh. You know what know I mean? That. Don't know if you're a movie. big horror fan out there, guys, oh, you'll yeah. know The Hills Have Eyes. Because he was in uh, – the original was in 77. It's like one of Wes Craven's earliest films. Mm-hmm. And then he did the sequel in 85. Um, big – he looks like a giant Michael Berryman. Like he's got this big sort of head, not particularly sort of um, sexy looking. He's got like a big sort of character face. Or even if you're like a big film fan, you might know him from One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest as well. Yeah, that's right. Really kind of recognisable head. Yeah, that's right. Um, he was always he was also in Smoking in the Boys Room. That's a cover, mm-hmm. isn't it? Or is that their song? It sounds like a cover, doesn't it? Yeah. I was um I thought there was an Australian act. I thought that other band did it. You know, the bloody Party Boys. Might yeah. be wrong though. No, that is a cover. I can't remember who did it, but um, it's definitely a cover. It wasn't mm. them first. There yeah. you go, Michael Berryman. They, they they do like that kind of shit though, don't they? Love uh, it. Motley Crue. Yeah. Well, I think Home um, Sweet Home's amazing. Well, that's Maddie's warm-up song too, isn't it? Yeah, and I could, I wouldn't um. I wouldn't say any of the other songs that rock my world, but that one's melodic and it's a great vocal and it's a great. On that album, on yeah. that particular album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and, true. And instrumental, like the music's fantastic, you know. Yeah, beautiful. It's sort of, as they go, quite quite clean for a Motley Crue song. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. It's a great oh, track. I loved it. I didn't even know it was them. When I first heard it, I was like, who's this song by? It was just so good. Yeah. Now, Michael Berryman was in uh, – he was in Weird Sci- Science in 85. Uh, he was also – if you're a child of the 90s, he was in The Crow as well. Oh, I loved The Crow. I was I in high school too. sort of when that came out. Uh, and he was in um, The X-Files as well. You'd remember that as well. And he was in a – he actually portrayed the devil in uh, – can you remember that that show Highway to Heaven? Yes, I can. Yeah. Michael Wasn't Landon? The- yeah, the guy off Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. 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 He was kind of hot but not, wasn't he, that one? And he was a real sort of – he was really big name around that time mm. with, without being a star, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, he had a couple right. of series where he was like the lead. Wasn't he Wasn't he fucking the Waltons or some shit like that? No, that was Little, Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie, that's right. Yeah, he right. was the that's dad. Right. But this was yeah. the spin-off for him because he – they just thought they could market him. And he was an angel, remember? And he just yeah, used to like. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I fucking hated it. Yeah. Nothing yeah. more boring than an angel in a fucking yeah, cowboy exactly hat. Exactly right. You know. He's not likely to get his dick out, is he? He's and that's not what likely want. to fucking root Yeah, That's right. He's just not. <laughs> um, so it was a bit boring for me through my hormonal stages. Yeah, yeah. But, uh. Speaking of hormones, this chick's all right. Let's have a listen to this song. (laughs) 
get out of here. No, I'm enjoying this. Well, I can't watch. Excuse me. Scrawled in blood. What's it say? See you next Wednesday. It's only a movie. It's not funny. You were scared, weren't you? I wasn't that scared. Yeah, you were scared. <laughs> Alright, guys, this one's a little bit controversial, isn't it, Sammy? Well, Maddie doesn't reckon she was a porn star, but I reckon she was. She was a she was a uh, Playboy, um, not, uh, yeah, yeah, Playboy. She was a Playboy a sort of uh, model. Right. And, and as far back as sort of 1980, like you know, often what will happen is they've done something obscure. You know, right before they've been hired for something big, and they're like, "Oh yeah. fuck, I hope no one finds out." But she like did this right back in 1980, so mm. you know, people knew that she was doing it. But um, yeah. Oh, and this the thriller broke her. You know, like this was the thing that she did. Yeah, and everyone yeah. knew her because she screamed good, and she was exactly very right. pretty, and. Yeah. She played the girlfriend of Michael Jackson. I love the two of these in the video together. Isn't she a little bit bitter though and she puts out videos about her career and stuff? Was that you that was showing me that? It, yeah, it did, sort of, it did sort of turn bad because she was trying to claim royalties for the film clip like years and oh. years after because, um, you know, this is before Michael. Michael was a star but this is before she, he was like a big, big superstar when they were trying to. Excuse me. When they were trying to bankroll the film clip, they were they were trying to get money from everybody, oh, and yeah. um, it just basically meant that they they actually did Thriller quite on the cheap. Like it was done, quite and it looks that way basically. when you look back at it. <laughs> it does actually. It it's does, like yeah. that werewolf look is not. I mean, this was obviously Werewolf of London that he got the idea from, or was it before that? I yeah. think it was after. It, it, oh, no, he was famous know. for it. He was yeah, famous right, for Werewolf right. of London and that's okay. why Michael was a huge fan of that film and he wanted to work yeah. with him. But yeah, right. um, it, it was uh, John Landis that cast this, of course, like the supporting sort of role of Ola Ray, but it was originally offered to Jennifer Beals. That would have been very different. Oh, she turned it same down. same hairstyle. Yeah, turned it down. So, um Look, that would have been a nice energy too between those two because she sort of – she resembles the chick from um, The Way You Make Me Feel. Yeah, no, she, and she's a great sex – she does the sex scene really well. That's In right. Flashdance where she takes her bra off under her top. Yeah. And then she goes, don't you want some pizza? And then they patch and it's the fucking greatest scene. And then she's really good at angry, like when she throws the shoe in the tunnel. When he, She goes, stop the fucking car, Michael. Stop the fucking car. I love her. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think great. they needed someone new to not overshadow Michael. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, true. And you can't – like Michael was sort of developing his acting chops as well. You didn't want anybody to be like too good against him. You wanted he, you know, somebody that just had a, a similar soft energy as him. And she did. They actually – they were like sort of two children. They were, um, exactly. Yeah. So it was a good match in the end. I thought she did well. Now, she was in 48 Hours and she was in Beverly Hills Cop 2 and another movie called 10 to Midnight. So she's done a little bit of acting. It could have been where she crossed over and became more professional, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. She was eventually in uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2 as well and ironically played a Playboy Playmate in that. Are you listening to me tonight? Hey? Are you listening to me tonight? Isn't that what... Did you I just, just say that? It. Yeah, I just said oh, it. Yeah. I'm fu- no, no, Did no, I say- apologise. I just thought maybe you couldn't hear me. Did you say Beverly Hills Cop 2 though? I thought you said um, 48 Hours. 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop 2 and um, 10 to Midnight. Oh, I don't know. Mm. I am that wanking. doesn't matter, I am, I am wanking on my end, so maybe <laughs> I was distracted. <laughs> That's we're, hilarious. Um, we're, we're doing the episode remotely tonight, by the way, not yeah. in the band room. It's hard so. to hear though, yeah. Um, mm. How's your new school, by the way? Loving it. Did really? you see? Did I send you photos? I got to work the other day. It was my birthday yesterday. Got to work in the morning, and my whole desk was covered in glitter and all like sparkly, fluffy shit. And um, there was a big sort of banner saying "Happy Birthday," and oh one of God. them like went, "Yeah, the birthday fairy bummed your desk," and then. Oh. Um, and then it was all like chocolates and everything. I couldn't put my my laptop down. And then at lunchtime, um, I came back in and they had a cake and the whole staff room full of like thirty teachers all sang me happy birthday. So that That's was nice. Amazing. Yeah, that was really Did, nice. Because they would have your date of birth, obviously, and they've just kept an eye on it. The only way they would have found out is right. I asked my leader. I said, "Would it be frowned upon if?" someone was to take um, a day off for their birthday asking for a mate. And she said, look, it would possibly be frowned upon, but you'd be well within your rights. And I said, look, well, I won't do it. I'll see you tomorrow. And that's all I said. And she sort of organised everything. It was really lovely. Wow. That was amazing. Yeah. I actually like working on my birthday, to be honest with you. It's weird if you're not. If you don't have yeah. enough to do with your birthday. Because it's the just... start of your new year. You know what I mean? Exactly right. Yeah. And I don't like – I like to be busy on my birthday. I don't, I don't like to be sort of too idle or on my own because I start thinking like, oh, fuck, another year older and all of that shit, you know. Yeah, but you're not even 50 yet. No, that's right. But, you know, that's all I could hear from everyone like, old, old. Like, really? Yeah, fuck off. Jesus. Yeah. Glad like, they haven't yeah, met suck. me. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, that's really cute that they got, you know, you involved in all that stuff and had your birthday yeah. thing. Um it was how many weeks have you been at school already? Two weeks? <laughs> Just yesterday was the one. Was the one week. What? It feels like a month, it doesn't does. it? It feels Yeah, yeah. And I'm sort of um Having a laugh, having a swear, you know, just being myself. <laughs> Not with the kids, with the staff, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, that's good because the kids used to say that anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Exactly. 
Unreal. Yeah, so All go. right, let's go Loving for it. the next track. Ironically, this mm. is my principal's name. We'll talk really? about this in a moment. Yeah. Oh, the full John name. John Goodman. John Here Goodman. Here we go. This goes out to your principal. go. Very exciting. Now, how big was he before this video? He was a little bit, wasn't he? Well, this would have been deep 80s territory when um, either right before or Roseanne. at the same time he was doing Roseanne. Yeah. Mm, don't know if it was. Because yeah. I don't remember him in it. Um, and the reason we're doing this show is um, I was speaking to Brian Canham today and he's doing a music video himself for a band in Melbourne. Oh, nice. And I thought, yeah, cameos in music videos, we've never really discussed that and there's so many. Yeah. And uh, we were just talking about it and in these days though they would have been paid quite a lot of money. Nowadays it's not worth anything, you know. No, that's it. Yeah, exactly. It was just like an easy way if they weren't doing a big film project at a time for them to stay visible as well. Um, yeah, totally. And it was normally a very small commitment. It wasn't going to sort of uh, cut into any of their other filming uh, responsibilities, you know. So and they would um, have been paid paid a fortune. Exactly right. Yeah. It that, was the 80s. Beautiful film clip this. This came out in 1986 as well. Um, it's all sort of different people dancing on stage sort of. Like doing a karaoke? Like a, yeah, doing a karaoke sort of but they're in costumes and shit and John is one of the people in the audience and then he gets up on stage and and uh, does a bit of karaoke himself and he's pretty good. Yeah, the, the guys on stage look like half the cover bands in Melbourne, the 80s tribute bands. They wish. So, oh, mate, that wig, showbag wig that one of yeah. them wears. Um, yeah. Just reminds me of that. But um, if you're not sure if you're one of those bands, put the video on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so John Goodwin was great. Um, I well, really like the song. Of, speaking of talking heads, our good friend Dallas Gray. 
Dallas Rayner, Dallas Gray, just did um, once in a lifetime the Talking Heads experience at the Corner Hotel, which was sold out again. And her beautiful son played synth as well. Of course. And incredible. Of incredible. course. When kids grow up and they're just as great as their f- parents, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, that would yeah, have been yeah. really good for her to see Tom next to her doing the synth stuff and he's worked on it and he would have had a ball as well, you know. That would have been beautiful. If you ever get the chance, go and see this show, guys, if you're in Melbourne. Go and see Once in a Lifetime, the Talking Heads Experience at the Corner Hotel. They sell out every time and they sell out really early too. So it's awesome. It must be great. I haven't. I think it's once a year, isn't it? it. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, the, the older I get, the more I appreciate Talking Heads. We were in the bus in New Zealand and we were with the Simple Minds crew and um, I said, oh, Talking Heads came on on the radio. I knew within the first 30 seconds mm. and they really liked them as well. But it was interesting because the older I get, the more I appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. I love them. I loved them at the time. I loved them when I was yeah. a little kid. Yeah. You know, there's something really joyful about their music. Mm. Mm. Uh, but it's not It's not two-dimensional. It's beautifully written. No. And it can be quite challenging instru- instrumentally as well. Um, but, yeah, always, oh, yeah. Quite, always quite upbeat. Yeah, that's right. There you go. We don't play much of the Talking Heads, Talking Heads, but we did today. And this next yeah. one is a good one. Love the song. Sure is. And this was a really funny time in our lives when this came out as well. Let's have a listen. Mate, this was Madonna at her prime, I reckon. Like, I love this period. I was scared of it. I was scared of it. This wasn't the Madonna we knew. 
What, just sort of her getting serious, sort of? The transition was just huge. Yeah, it was. She was skinny, even though she was never fat. She just lost all this meat. She was talking about pregnancy and I was fucked up about it for weeks. She'd cut her hair. Cut her hair, 100%. Where's the hair? No hair. Just like, Italians do it better? Fucking Jesus. Yeah, so much provocation. You know, Italians do it better and talking about talking about sort of being pregnant before marriage and she's going to keep the baby and it was like, holy fuck, it was getting serious, wasn't it? Stop me from shagging. I tell you what. Yeah. Big time. Not that I was now by this- then anyway, but I didn't know what act- – it was where I was trying to work out what actually happens if you do have sex. You know, yeah. I was a bit of a late bloomer and I was like – how do you get pregnant? Yeah, mm. yeah. Now this is a beautiful video clip by James Foley um, and uh, he's done some incredible stuff and it actually starred Danny um, Aiello. Danny Aiello is like a legendary 70s actor that did a lot of uh, like mobster films. He's famous for Godfather Part 2 and he was in Once Upon a Time in America which um, had De Niro in it. Um Bloody directed by Sergio Leone, like a sort of iconic Italian filmmaker. Um, and like he in the stuff he did in the 80s, he did The Purple Rose of Cairo, which is one of my favourite films. Uh, he was in Moonstruck as well, famously. Mm. He was in Moonstruck and, um, as well. It was a big thing because they really, really um, marketed this actor and the fact that she he played the father. Yeah. To Madonna. Like it was... A really big thing. It was like, oh, why are we hearing this? But it, he must have been important and it was the pregnancy thing that just blew your mind and then this is where Madonna had done Like a Virgin, so this was the next thing, pregnancy. And it was you sort know. of, it was, it was, if you've ever seen interviews with Madonna's father who has a huge personality, he's very much like... Danny Aiello, like he, that it's the same kind of old school Midwestern Italian energy, um, and so it was good casting. But it also sort of it it raised Madonna's sort of Hollywood profile up to his like legendary status. They were really, really, she was really, really trying to be a big kind of both a singer and a Hollywood star because, you know, this is around the time that she was either dating or she had already married Sean um, and she was really sort of trying to line herself up to be a big Hollywood star and move into films as well. So, um, like, I actually really love the the acting that she does in this film clip. She's actually really beautiful in this film clip. She could always act in music videos but never in films except for Desperately Seeking Susan. I thought she was good in Evita. Evita, she was good, but she's singing and dancing, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. She was never any good in Swept Away. She was never any good in Shanghai Surprise. That was a surprise no. that she was even fucking shit because it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she could never act, Madge, I don't think. Can, can you can you remember she was in um, Will and Grace and her and – Yeah. They move in together, her and – Karen. Um, Karen move in yeah. together. Yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah. She had good material to work with with that, but she, even that, she was just a bit awkward, you know. I didn't mind it, but I'd yeah. seen another actress do that sort of same thing. So the director 
directed them the sort of same way, and I can't remember what this what the um what the actor was, but they sort of acted. The, oh, might have been Janet. Can't remember. Might have been Janet. Yeah, right. No, I think Janet was oh, Janet very was good. good. Janet, Janet was amazing. Was great. That's right, because she Janet comes in was an actress, to the control you know? music. That's right, she was. Janet yeah. was fucking amazing actress. Um, but yeah, no, I this this whole movement of Madonna getting pregnant was a shock to girls of my age because you could go to school, meet someone, and root them and have a baby, and yeah, that was one thing up. I really didn't want because. My parents would have killed me. So that was the thing it played on as well. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't yeah. the fact that she had wog parents. Any parent that has responsibility would have hated that, you know. Yeah, that's right. The boyfriend is also an actor, Alex MacArthur. Yeah, beautiful looking young guy. Beautiful. He was hot. In this video you were, with, you were really tortured because maybe you would read him because he's pretty hot. And yeah, then on you the other hand. Yeah, you would have been like, I'll have his baby. Oh, God, yeah. I was scared but I would have gone, I'll just try it. Fucking hell. <laughs> he was beautiful, beautiful eyes and everything you thought Madonna would date as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which was interesting with the bright eyes and stuff. They made a beautiful couple. Like there's beautiful shots of them on the Staten Island Ferry. Um, and that's right. I think this was the first film clip of hers where she really claimed her Italian roots. Like she really went sort of full wog, you know. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I really loved that. It was just sort of really earthy. She's in the leather jacket hanging out with the friends and um, one of the friends is actually Debbie Mazar who, who is her Another friend one. in real life. Yeah. They've been they've been mates forever. As like years. has Debbie Debbie famously done her hair or makeup for years. I think they're sort of like they're they're still really close. Oh yeah. Debbie was in the favorite thing Debbie has done for me was um Entourage. Oh, she yeah, plays right, the manager. Right. She's just so good. Um yeah. but she was obviously really supportive for Madonna. But you got to remember at this time, wogs were cool. They weren't cool before this. They started yeah, no, to become right. a bit cool. Everyone was like a bit racist against the Greeks and the Italians and then they started to just yeah. elevate and, and this is what brought it up as well. George Michael made them cool, you know. and Well, also like Saturday Night Fever and Rocky and all of that, you know. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's it. They Still were a, cool. They could dance. They could sing. They oh, were, yeah, that's they were right. They flashy. The clothes were incredible, you know? Mm, 100%. Anyway, they then then they could, apparently. Uh, the next track is a good one as well and uh, you, you're going to love it because it's Cindy Lauper, The Goonies. Why don't you take your face back inside there and make a suitcase? Ah, bye-bye. You can't come to her like that! You don't come to her like that! You don't come to You don't come to
Her vocal is just spectacular in that track. Yeah, the control yeah, she's absolutely. got is phenomenal. Got an amazing voice. You can see why she was included in um, uh, We Are The World and Not Madonna. Have you watched the documentary yet I on haven't Netflix? yet. We should do a show on it actually. We should actually. We'll save mm. that conversation because it's very good. I watched it the other night right. and was fucking blown away. Really? Was blown away. I know we've talked about um, – uh, USA for Africa before, but we can review this documentary. It it's, would be a really good idea. It's sort of they they brought and, and I have always been obsessed with that song and that that movement, and it brought to light so much stuff that I didn't know. So um, yeah, we should definitely talk about it. Wow, we should. Um, now, Goonies. Back to Cindy. Mm. Yeah, this was a uh, 1985. This was. The film itself was uh, Steven Spielberg, yeah? She was hugely, Cindy Lauper was hugely invested in this because he made her the basically the music musical director for the uh, clip. So it was her job because he didn't really know pop artists. Uh, he got her on board. She recorded this song. It was originally Good Enough and she chose to change this, the title to Goonies Are Good Enough just to draw it back to the film. Um, and this song didn't appear on any of her albums, not until like a greatest right. hit much later. So it was mm. just a soundtrack song. And, and everyone um, brought it. Exactly right. So it was her job to go and procure like the musical acts to come on board for the, for this film. So it was a, it was a big project. Have you watched it recently? Uh, look, I like the music, but I'm not a huge fan of Kitty in Caves kind of yeah. vibe. Me neither. Like the boys Me went neither. to um, when we were in New Zealand, they went to Lord of the Rings, bloody Hobbit World or whatever it is. Not interested. Nah. Seeing up for them out in the fucking space. I just, I, I. So they went, and it was like 180 bucks or something, which of course it's worth it. Where they filmed yeah. that, but I'm just not into that adventure sort of stuff. I've never been an yeah. adventure one. Uh, so what did you do? Stay home and have a diddle. I stayed home and um, got room service. Lovely. And watched New Zealand TV, which was pretty shit. And um, <laughs> I was tired. We'd started at five in the morning. Yeah. We were on, we started at five, so I don't even know where they got the energy from, but they came home at 10.30. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yep. it's kind of that thing that I'm not a big fan of kitties in caves and Oh look, Scooby Doo shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Now the um the film clip for it was massive as well. It had heaps of cameos, as well as the Goonies cast, like all of the main cast who were in it, and Cindy's mum. She's in it as well. She sort of was in all of her clips. Mm. Um, it does have a big heap of cameos. Steven Spielberg pops up. Uh, Andre the Giant and Lou Albano, Captain Lou Albano, he's in it as well. That's um, right. Who else? Who else is in it? There's a Rowdy, of... Rowdy Rodney Piper. Yeah. yeah. The Bangles. The Bangles, yeah, who were also on the film, also on the soundtrack. Yeah, that's right. So, and, and we've got to remember that it was the wrestling culture that made Cindy who she was. Because no one was going to buy her music until Girls Just Want to Have Fun went onto the wrestling culture and was in the background of some wrestler and then she was huge. So she yeah. had a lot 
to um, a lot of reasons to keep them in her life because that was the only yeah. way her music got out there. And it was that other kooky thing of having like Cindy, who was quite tiny, um, with these like big hulking guys as well. It was that sort of comedic thing as well. It was, yeah. But, I mean, as soon as she started using the wrestlers and Prince got his own wrestler and everyone sort of used them as bodyguards. Um, but know. But it was interesting because I didn't know that the wrestlers were a big part of her career and yeah. the ones that really gave her a career through that sport, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he always played the dad. He played the dad in Girls Just Want to Have Fun, yep. Captain Lou Albano. Um and the fucking manager husband thing, Wolf, David Wolf, fuck, he's in everything. Yeah, yeah. Fucking shut up. Yeah, like I, I remember watching it going, can you fucking get rid of that guy? Yeah. He's just yeah. a fucking, you could tell he was just living off her. Yeah, you exactly right. He just got right. that vibe through the video that he was trying to become famous. What manager wants to be in the fucking video? Yeah, yeah. And play her boyfriend. Get someone yeah, yeah, that's yeah. relevant, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I used to hate that. I didn't like that at all. So um, I think he's in it as well, but, yeah, yeah I never, I never liked him. Yeah. Hey, um, slight correction, of course. Steven Spielberg uh, came up with the story. It was actually uh, Richard Donner, Dick Donner, who was the director and co-producer. Dick Donner, um, although still Spielberg did appear in the film clip, Dick Donner is famously the director of the original Superman with Christopher Reeve and he directed Wolverine, the one that my ex was in that they directed in Australia. Right. Um, the original director was booted off halfway through the production and they got Dick Donner on board. Um, wow. Yeah, so that's pretty incredible. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Mm. We've got a little commercial now, kids, from the 80s. Hey. Here it is. General Pants. They last. Who it's for? Yeah, I didn't realise they went right back to the eighties. Yeah, yeah. General Pants started in the eighties. Is that right? Eighty four or something. Fuck. But I don't think they were around. I think they were around for ten years, maybe, and then Wesco came in and blitzed them. General Pants. General Pants. The the actual commercial. We'll put it in our notes. Is quite eighties and a little bit out there. And uh, I just thought, well, let's use that one. Beautiful. I vaguely remember it, but I, I wasn't a general pants. It was more of a, oh, it was it was like girls and guys, but I used to go to Portman's and stuff, you know, and Sports Girl and Cherry Lane. I didn't oh, want... Portman's. That, that mm. was a bit sort of upmarket, wasn't it, at the time? Oh, look, they had an upmarket one and a kiddie one, like a cheap one, I think. Oh, yeah. Where you would buy all your fluorescent bracelets and your socks and everything and sports girl, I think Cherry Lane was the most expensive to be honest with you. Cherry Lane. Cherry Lane was like the 
Hilton of all the, you know. Yeah. But there you go, General Pants, interesting ad. And I think Fantastic. it was big in America as well. Yep. Just want to clarify, I did say on last week's show that um, Collective Soul had 27,000 people on their Facebook. It's so big I got it wrong. I'm dyslexic. 247K people they have on their Facebook, right? There we go. And I didn't know how to say it because I read it and I knew and I was like, no, they don't have 27. I think they have 27 on their Instagram but 247K on their Facebook, which is amazing, huge. I don't know anyone else with that amount. Yeah. That's amazing. Just wanted to clear that up. Um, Now the next song. Oh, every cover band's wet dream. Let's give it a listen. The fuck have I done here? Hang on. <laughs> I no, we're not ready for that. We've got we've got this song. Sorry. Oh, it is also every cover band's wet dream. I guess no one it can is. sing it, so yeah. why not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. Only you can. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I get up in the evening And I ain't got nothing to say I come home in the morning I go to bed feeling the same way I ain't nothing but tired In the Dark by mm. The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. How exciting. I fucking love that song so much. Yeah, we need to put it back in. Yeah, it's brilliant. And he mm. is brilliant in it. He's just he's just so young and virile and handsome mm. and it's a beautiful vocal and I just love it. He's got his Harry High Pants on. Oh, that's right, yeah. Courtney Cox was the one we were looking at in this one. And this is way before she had a career. I think she'd only been in a couple of commercials. 
This was her big breakthrough, and this was yeah. actually sort of directed by Brian De Palma, the the um, you know the famous sort of gangster movie director and screenwriter. Um, and he cast her. He sort of picked her out of obscurity from a casting call, like one of those big cattle calls where they get like heaps and heaps of people in. But she's got such a beautiful face, Courtney. She did when she was young, you know. Um, and like just just sort of bright. She's got such a friendly face. She's just such was such a beautiful girl at that age. And yeah, na- um, good nature. Yeah. This was her first big thing. So um it was shot in 1984 and it was actually they uh they actually just filmed concert footage. They did sort of two rounds of this song as part of his Born in the USA tour. Um, shot it twice, filmed the real thing. Brian De Palma got all of his footage and everything and um, away they went. And it's such a beautiful looking film clip. Yeah, because you really believe that she's a fan that has jumped out of the audience because she looks up at him and her face is fantastic and her eyes are just bright and everything. And then you, yeah. when you saw it as a kid you went, oh, I hope that happens to me. I reckon I, yeah. I hope that happened to me for years after the fact. You know. I want to get I want to get picked out of the crowd and you know get passed around by the band after the show. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't we all? Don't we ah. all? Sausage sizzle, fucking for everyone. Love ah, it. Awesome. Yeah. Get in and get it. Sauce oh, on that. <laughs> but now, um, mate, yeah. Her career just went oh, was on fire after this. Yeah. She did sort of she did sort of bits and pieces in like really iconic uh, 80s shows like Love Boat. She was in Murder She Wrote, but then she played Michael J. Fox's girlfriend in Family Ties. Remember? That's right. For yes. years, for she years. Did. So this really got her noticed by a lot of people. Um, she was not just TV. She did Masters of the Universe. She did uh, the sequel to Cocoon with Steve Guttenberg. And um, it was, you know, she did stuff like this that really stood out. And going into the 90s, she was actually, people don't remember this, but she was in Ace Ventura, which was the big sort of launch pad for Jim Carrey. I mean, people knew him from In Living Colour as well. But, um, you know, this was the big hit film for him. He had done other films but this was massive and it like really launched them even bigger together and um, in the same year, in 1984, she was cast as Monica in Friends. So what a big fucking period for her. It was just huge. A lot of auditions for her to go to. Yeah. Um, The best thing that... Um, who's the guy that did Ace Ventura? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Um, the best thing I ever saw, saw him do, and I still laugh to this day, is Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, where he kicks <laughs> his leg in the air and the shoe comes off. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. Because that's yeah. how stupid that guy is. I know some of you love Vanilla Ice, but no. And it was just so good. And dooga, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I yeah. loved it because I loved In Living Colour. In Living Colour was one of the best TV shows with all the dancing and it was funny, men's men's on cooking and stuff like that and it was just amazing. And it was used to be on in Melbourne at 2 o'clock in the morning, which was yeah. perfect for me because I had a packet of chips in bed and I would watch this thing and um, 
I loved In Living Colour and the dancing was incredible because it was R&B and you'd see Mary well, J. Blige great. on there. It was hey? such a launching pad for so much uh, young talent in Living yeah, Colour as it well. Was. Mm. You know, the Wayans brothers, of course. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx as well. Yes. Everyone forgets that Jamie Foxx was in Living Colour, but like. Oh, yeah, beautiful. He you know, was he did such a great job. Mm. And Jim Carrey was like the token white guy, you know? Yeah, he was. The very funny guy. And oh, when he did Vanilla Ice, I'll put that in the notes as well because it's just, if you look, you'd have to be stupid. If you haven't seen it, you can look at the notes, but, oh, it's just funny. Yeah. The yeah. next one's interesting. The next one's interesting. And this is a cover band's wet dream. Here we go. I don't have glasses on tonight. This is why I'm not. You know, Kylie won a Grammy and then my Kylie glasses broke. It's my oh, fault. It means my you're going to meet her. Oh, God. To fix my glasses. Hope so. Clip, huh? Rosanna by Toto, everyone. My favourite all-time women uh, is Cynthia Rhodes. Yeah. She's just beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And she was yeah. like the Madonna of dancers, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She was in everything. She fucked it up and married Richard fucking Marks. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, yeah. why? Goes down yeah. to the river, he'll fucking drown you. He'll drown you. That's ya. right. Yeah. You know, I was always worried that I was all because I used to hear, to hear his music and think it was real. And I'd be like, oh, don't marry Richard Marx. You'll be down at the fucking river with you, you know, drowning you. <laughs> I didn't trust him. I didn't trust <laughs> him at all. Hell. And they did get divorced. I think they've got kids. I mean, mm. he's lovely. I've seen interviews with him, but as a kid, I didn't really like him. Too much fucking hairspray and. Too much of a woman for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you might think that this video clip is very similar to another video clip that is very famous. 
And that's Billie Jean. They had the same director, Irish-British filmmaker, Stephen Barron, who famously did Billie Jean, also did this one. So it, it really has that kind of like old-school musical theatre feel to it, like with the painted sets and all of that, because uh, Rosanna, the, the video clip, is based on West Side Story and Michael that's Jackson right. was also a really big fan of West Side Story. So... Um, uh, another link between Toto and Michael Jackson. Toto, of course, were the the band, the, uh, you know, Michael Jackson's band when he recorded Thriller. the Thriller album. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there there's, more, there's more moustache in this video than at a porn joint, you know. That's right. It's not the greatest good, look. Good old mussies. I'm so glad she didn't bang any of the band. I mean, I appreciate them as musicians but fucking not attractive. But- they weren't very hot, were they? Nah, not rock and roll enough for me. And and, um, and this this video clip is is sort of too cool for them, don't you reckon? Very cool. They f- it's like you could have had Fat Cat and fucking Friends in the video. It wouldn't have made a difference because they just they looked scared or something, didn't they? They probably yeah. were. Can you imagine working with Cynthia Rhodes and you're just this amazing muso? But she wouldn't know about musos. She was a dancer. Well, she didn't know about musos, kind of. I mean. She went out with Richard Marks. I, I mean, I'm not bagging Richard Marks. I think he's credible, but I, Jesus, I don't know. I was a bit. I wanted to. I saw her in Staying Alive, and she was singing with um, Stallone, Frank Stallone. That's it. And I thought they were always a really cool couple because I love Frank Stallone in that Staying Alive and stuff. But yeah. um. You know, well, she was cast in Staying Alive after, just after this, actually. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Did Flashdance as well. She's my favourite in Flashdance. Of course. He hasn't called me. He'll call you. He'll call you. She's really good. But not only that, Patrick Swayze is in this. I do not remember Patrick Swayze in this. Here's one of the dancers in the background. It's like right. it's sort of you really got to look. You, he's very you young. You really got to look, dear. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very young. I was young. looking and I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. Because they did Dirty Dancing together, so there would have been a troupe of dancers. They would have yeah. all known each other, yeah, of course. I wish I was looking more at Patrick Swayze in this video clip and, and less at the singer's head because he's not a handsome dude. Um, yeah, no. They were pretty nerdy. Think, I've been thinking a lot about Patrick Swayze lately actually because Me they've – re- Yeah. They've re- – I would love to do him. I would love to do a show on Patrick Swayze because he was just the king of the 80s, mate. Mm. And, um, and uh, what was I going to say? They've, and I'd love to do it. They remade – Patrick Swayze, a good shot of Patrick Swayze is when they get up on the fence. They all get up on the fence to look over and there's a really sort of beautiful shot of, of the male dancers. Um, but, yeah, they've remade Roadhouse. Oh, really? Wow. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal is playing the Patrick Swayze character. Wow. What do you think of Jake Gyllenhaal? I have no idea who he is. Really? Jake Gyllenhaal? What's he look like? Oh, fuck, mate. He's done heaps of stuff. See, I'm not good at names. Um, I'll, I'll sort of – I'll look into this a little bit Name a film. Who do I look know. like? Who do I look like? Name a film. Do you remember <laughs> in Sex in the City where, that, where the guy um, goes, who does he look like? Who does he look like? What actor? What actor? Before they get, he gets set up on a date with some yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, piss yeah. funny because she goes, I don't know, a young Grant Harrison or something and whatever she says and, and – uh, He's fucking not. He's, Baby, know, he's Jake Gyllenhaal's probably most famous that you would know for um, 
being the other actor apart from Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain. Well, I was going to say that as a joke. Yeah, yeah. So Really? Um, yeah, big breakthrough with Donnie Darko, but of course um, Brokeback Mountain sort of being a very big, memorable, iconic performance that he's done. Um, and, yeah, he's playing the Patrick Swayze role in that. So he's like really Oh, the buff. guy that's on the mountain with Heath. Yeah. With the bright eyes. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. Cute, does, as, a, cute as a button. He, he doesn't just sit on the mountain either. He sits on right. a few things. He does it everywhere else. He's that's beautiful. It, he Look is out. beautiful. I loved him after that. Uh, yeah, I, I really had a soft spot for him after Brokeback Mountain. And yeah. a hard spot. And a hard spot. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's. Um, I, I'm interested to see how he goes. He's really, really fit. He's got like really full on abs and everything for it because Swayze, of course, was very fit in in Roadhouse. Yeah. He was like the Aussie ver, or not the Aussie, the American version of John Travolta. Oh yeah, right, right, okay. Like it was like it's not John Travolta for once, you know. We've yeah, got yeah. Someone else, but they they got. I still straight- love John Travolta. They got a straight John, John Travolta to play it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But um, allegedly, really, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Love it, Rosanna. Good song. Someone needs to start a Toto cover band. Oh God! Can you, you imagine know? the musos that we know that would fucking audition for that happily? Oh yeah, well that's right. But You'd- it would have to be pretty spectacular. But I'm finding the punter's ear isn't as, you know, they really can't hear things. You know, they've got to, I don't know. I've, I just think it's changed the ear palette so it wouldn't have to be 100% fantastic. You know, there's plenty of shit bands out there that do theatres and stuff. But um, yeah, it would be something that I don't think anyone's ever had the guts to do it. No, it could it. be a stage show on Toto because they were big, you know. They were, mate. They Apparently the Michael Jackson things. doco is really good. Have you seen that as yet? The Thriller doco. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. What yeah, platform that's is a new that one on? as well. Oh, I don't know. Maddie's seen it, but I, I haven't seen it. But, yeah, that would be an interesting one and they'd be all through that. Yeah, right. You know, the I'll next track. check it out, man. Yeah. Our next track is I thought we'd play a bit of Billy Joel because we don't really play that much of him. No. Because he's as boring as batshit, but today we will. Okay. Ready on camera three and take camera three. Well, thank you, Topo Gigio. Now, right here on our stage, BJ and the Affordables. You know I don't like watching anybody make the same mistakes I made She's a real nice girl and she's always there for you But a nice girl wouldn't tell you what you should do Oh listen boy, I'm sure that you think you got it all under control You don't want somebody telling you the way to stay in someone's soul You're a big boy now and you'll never let her go That's just the kind of thing she ought to know Tell her 
reason to accept that you're for real Tell her about it, tell her all your crazy dreams Let her know you need her, let her know how much she means Tell her about it. Tell her about it. Billy Joel's one of those artists that I, I, I kind of, you know, meditate upon him for a moment, and I, I sort of cringe. But oh, then when, yeah. you know, then when I listen to the songs, I can't help but kind of tap my feet. But I do cringe. Oh yeah, I cringed at the fact that he shagged. Christy Brinkley and Al McPherson. He told them about it, all right. He was a fucking expert at planting the seed in their fucking head because why the else would you fucking read him? Horrible. Yeah. Unless yeah. he was hung like a donkey. I don't know, but I've that I didn't know that he'd been with Al McPherson. Yeah, how's that? Full on. Yeah, Elle's looking great. She sort yeah, of no, Elle's good. she came came back to Australia during the tennis and was sort of popping up on the tennis as a as a spokesperson for certain things. We take and, um, Elle's stuff. Elle's yeah, she, she's looking based. really good. Yeah, no, she's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. So I I must be a dumb shit. I never realised this all these years. But this is from like tell her about it is from the album An Innocent Man. And I didn't realise that An Innocent Man is almost like a concept album. Like it's sort of him revisiting all the music from his childhood from the 50s and 60s and stuff. So it's all that kind of um, – all that like Motown R&B kind of yeah. vibes. Yeah, And this is where you get like Uptown Girl and tell her yeah. about it and all that kind of doo-wop kind of shit. Doo-wop, yeah. Shit out. But it just makes me a bit embarrassed when white people do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's not – he's got – look, he's got a little bit of soul, a little bit, but he's nothing. He does. Great. He does He just definitely. had a lot of money and, and he resonated with dumb shits, but they love him. Yeah, yeah. You know, piano bar people. This song went to number oh, one. Yeah, sing me a song, you're the piano man. Like, no, fucking yeah. shut up. So uh, he – um. He he had, I think he just had balls, you know. Yeah, He's like a footy right. player. He doesn't have to be that good looking to get whatever he wants. I think that was part of his appeal was that he <laughs> would just look like a normal dude. Yeah, he did. With, yeah, that's right. A little short ass and sort of not particularly good looking. But like he, no. look, he was an electric performer. Like he kind of, I was actually surprised in his film clips at the kind of like the stand-up and the dancing and all of that um, because like later in his life he was very much a sit-down artist behind the piano um, and he was quite the alcoholic sort of like in his in his later career. And I often forget that he was like, yeah, did a lot of choreography in these clips and was sort of up dancing and like was this sort of electric front man. I always forget that. Yeah, I guess so. If it was out of him and Phil Collins, I think I'd even go Phil Collins to be honest with you. No, nah, I'd still fuck Billy really? Joel. Really? Go Billy Phil Joel? Collins. Mm. Yeah. Because he's a little bit why. of a dancer. I don't know why. It wouldn't be Phil Collins, I tell you what. Maybe because <laughs> like Billy Joel's got lips. I don't know. 
But um, <laughs> the the big cameo that we're talking about is Rod, Rodney Dangerfield. Yep. Rodney Dangerfield also has googly eyes, just like Billy Joel. Well, he does. And, and um, Rodney J- Dangerfield at the time when this came out in 83 was the biggest comedian in the world. He was very funny. Yeah, very fucking funny. You know, Rodney Dangerfield you would know from Caddyshack and like a million mm. other things. You know, mm. he's just an iconic name and it's all that, you know, oh, somebody somebody stepped on my duck. Oh, that guy looks like my ex-wife. Like it's all sort of real like dad jokes and shit but yeah, really yeah. fucking funny. Really good. Wasn't he the one that found the polywaffle in the pool? <laughs> yeah, it was. That's the yeah. fucking best scene ever. Yeah, everyone remembers that, that, don't pool. they? I love it. As a kid, I oh. thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Aussies fucking ate that up. Oh, God, yeah, we did. It was very, yeah. very funny, you know. Yeah. we got one more song and then we got to love and leave, everyone. That's it. Um, gee, this one is a ripper. Very surprising, Oh, now this, this is one. the one I reckon that everyone would be going. I hope they play this one. And, and he's a hottie. He's probably the hottest one we've had on this show. Here we go. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I wanna take ya. Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Key Largo, Montego. Baby, why don't we go? Jamaica, off the floor of the There's a place called Kokomo That's where you wanna go To get away from it all Bodies in the sand Drop the cocaine melting in your hand We'll be falling in love To the rhythm of a steel drum band Down in Kokomo Yeah, shut the fuck up, Beach Boys. Oh, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, afternoon delight. I'd be picking John Stamos. I'd say for that. Oh, absolutely. And it, he's it's um he's surprising in this. It sort of pops up in the film clip because the film clip itself, the song itself, was famously uh, picked up for Cocktail with Tom Cruise, and so the film clip um, plays little bits of. Uh, cocktail all the way through, so you see mm. Tom Cruise, but also beautiful John Stamos playing percussion for Beach Boys. John Stamos, yeah. Um, I think he is a drummer in real life and that's why he's doing oh, yeah. percussion in this. Fuck yeah. And, and, and it's beautiful because you just didn't expect it and it made you watch the video and put up with the song. 
I wasn't a huge fan of the song. No. Oh, look, strangely, like the Beach Boys were sort of, you know, during the 60s and they were a boy band and they were sort of known um, for their sort of, you know, dreamy sort of surf music, you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 One good thing it did it did do, because they were all old when they recorded this, they were all mm. like grandfathers and shit. One good thing that it did do, it did capture that kind of youthful, it sounds like the Beach Boys, you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah, sound like right. a bunch of old cunts. Brought them it to It sounds a new like the audience. Beach Boys. Yeah, it did. Um, and all the original members are in this except for Brian Wilson. He was re- off recording his solo stuff. Oh. But I think they I think they excluded him as well. I don't think they told him about the recording. Brian Wilson's the sort of, you know, the one that you know out of the Beach Boys, with the one with the really sort of close set eyes. Because remember Beach Boys were like three brothers and a cousin and then a, like a mate. It was like mm. a family group kind of thing. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so there you go. But um, John Stamos has got the sort of fluoro pink uh, singlet. And he just looks fucking smoking hot in the film clip. Yeah, he does. He does. And then the guy up the front's got a pink hat on and I think that's how they link them together somehow. And Um, a a chick in the front row has got big pink Oh, they're all in bikinis. So there's a lot of coordination This reminds me of California girls but a little bit less pornographic. Yeah. But in saying that, they're sitting out with their jugs out and stuff. It's all happening. That's it. And half, I'm pretty sure luck, the others the weren't going to get rooted. I think John Stamos might have been busy that day. I reckon he might have thrown. But I think thrown. he joined them for a little while, didn't he? Join he the toured Beach with Boys? them. Jesus. He did. He toured with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, he I guess if you're going to tour. Mm. And that wow. would have been great. I mean, it would have been great for the Beach Boys because he would have been sort of big and famous from fucking Full House. Yeah, I, I actually think it might have been before Full House. I don't think so. He was very young in Full House and he had the mullet. He had the long mullet. Yeah, and, right. And in the film clip he's he's got his – it's where, it's sort of at the tail end of the 80s in 88 where the hair was sort of cut short. What, what, um, what year was this? 88. 88. Yeah. Oh, so Full House started after that. No, nah, full, full House was before, babe. Yeah, so that's what I'm been, saying. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, I um, think um, he was definitely – or did I say – oh, I can't remember what I said, but he know. was hot what anyway. He yeah, was hot anyway. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. Check it out. He's he's a good drummer. He's a good mm. – you can't mm. t- fucking take your eyes on him. And he's actually – he's in the background of all the main shots of the singer. So you can't – he really does feature. Yeah. And he's fit as fuck. John oh, Stamos yeah, when he was young. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful so looking go. guy. There you go. There's our show for tonight. There's um, our great big fat show. Big Great big fat show. And it's interesting like how many people and I think they would have been paid a lot more in those days than what they do now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you feature in a video. And it was a thing that they did in the 80s just to keep the two industries together I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, Well, yeah, the 80s was where sort of films and music came together. Yeah, that's right. It really was. Amazing. Yeah. So that's our show. So we've got a new gig Easter time. We are coming to Hepburn in Victoria at the Palace. Is it the Palace? 
The Palais in Hepburn Springs. Hepburn Springs, that's right. So we're going to be there Easter weekend. So if you want to get away from Melbourne, come up and see Rewind 80s. Dinner and show, there's all different options. Just come and see the show. Tickets are on sale now. You can find tickets on rewind80smixtape.com.au or just go to the Palace Hepburn Victoria website. Google it. The Palais. And what, Palais, yes, um, sorry. What, what date is it again, just to remind them? 30th of March. Saturday, a lot is happening in Dalesford and Hepburn Springs in March. Yep. Um, so this should be fantastic. And people listening in sort of, you know, Kyneton, the Macedon Ranges region, really love a good gig. They love a good gig at the Palais. So I know they'll come down, especially yeah. all my old friends from Woodend and oh, Kyneton yeah. and Trentham. And yeah. so really hoping for a great night. So... Fantastic. Yeah, good on you guys. And then now, uh, there's there's other gigs coming up, but we'll let you know. We'll let you know for sure. Very exciting. Now, guys, please, uh, big thank you to all of our existing subscribers and all of our Patreons, folks. To become a Patreon, you pay a little as a little as dollar fifty a month, but for ten dollars a month, you get the extra episodes, of course. And to become a subscriber, it's free. You just hit subscribe. It's really easy. Please like, share, rate, and review. Share it with as many friends as you can, guys. The show. Tell them about the show, especially if we're talking about some. Thing that you know you remember from back in the day, or this, uh, you know, you want to even suggest a topic for us, please write yeah. to us yes. on our social media. We're on Insta, we're on Facebook, and all of that. And guys, um, we've got some great shows coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, I'll be back out at the band room next week, so very, oh, very great. exciting. That'll be great. Yeah. And you can review. The best way to review is on iTunes. Give us five stars and just say anything you like. Just say, oh, the show was great or really loved Collective Soul that week and it was an awesome show. I really loved that show. I think that was a great show and and, and so it's going to be one that I think people will look at upon throughout the year. I don't think it's just going to be one that I think it will work for us the whole time, you know. Exactly right. Because exactly they were right. really good storytellers. Now, we set a bit of a challenge a couple of weeks for our listeners and, yes. and one or two people have picked up on it. I really want to push this further. I <laughs> want you guys to go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify in the comment section where you can write us a review and say, go fuck yourself, Sammy and Jay, and then write us a lovely review. Please do it. Fuck, I laughed when I saw this. Yeah. We've got a review. We've got a review from a couple of weeks ago from SN281076 or whoever that is. Sammy Neal. And they Neil. basically, Our Sammy Neal. Yeah. Sammy Neal, of course, SN. Yeah. She says, challenge accepted. Sammy and Jay deliver every week with so many laughs and great memories. Thank God there's a podcast that's not taking life so seriously as it explores the best decade of music, the 80s. Good fun, some cringeworthy memories, tunes and movies from my favourite. Thank you, Sammy Neal. And she started off with, go fuck yourself. That's go all we want. Go fuck yourself. This is what we want you guys to do because you do that and it'll push us right up the charts. We're yeah, charting that's really right. well at the moment. So let's get up there together. That's what she said. <laughs> ah, that's right. And this will be out. We're just about to cook this tonight before we go away with Sudo. And give us a, yeah, do it for Jay's birthday. Give us that's a review it. for Jay's birthday. Give me I'm a birthday sure there's so prize. many of you that have not reviewed us on iTunes and it's not easy. It's not hard. It's just not review hard, the mate. show. 
I'll show you some hard though. Fucking do it. Yeah. Love you guys. Nice one. Now, if it's music, mateys. Well, cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. See you later. Unreal. Woo.